When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Future Brew right here on maizebrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, per usual, Stephen Ostentoski and John Simmons. Boys, it's uh, it's a gloomy Monday evening here, but I'm ready to talk some Michigan football and basketball recruiting today. Uh, Going to be an exciting episode. John, how you doing, my friend? Good. I'm still trying to wrap my head around my Orioles drafting strategy. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have some you know good football news to distract me. Hey, I can relate. I was watching that draft yesterday with the Tigers and uh, was hoping that they would pick uh, Marcelo Meyer. Uh, he was available and they pick a high school right-handed pitcher. Like they needed more of those guys in the organization. So I, <laughs> I'm with yeah. you. I was baffled by your guys's pick too. Um, yeah. I wish the Orioles would take a picture once in a while. Yeah. But, you know, one in 10 rounds. Well, hey, yeah, that, that's right. And the Tigers had like seven in 10 rounds uh, pitching wise. So I- interesting stuff here. Uh, Steven, how are you, my friend? What's going on with you? I'm doing all right. I'm impressed by you guys, man. I can't, I, for whatever reason, I can't really get into baseball. I think it's time for me, uh, in the summer to kind of reset and, um, take a little time away from sports and man, my, my Twitter timeline and you guys, you guys are locked in You're <laughs> year around when it comes to recruiting and drafting and you guys are impressive. So, uh, well, so no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, relaxing a little bit. Um, but uh, okay. yeah, I'll have to ask you guys all the draft questions for baseball so I can appear to be intelligent whenever it comes up. Well, <laughs> well, not only just baseball, but we got the hockey and basketball drafts coming up, too. So That's true. just stay, stay locked in. We'll, we'll give you all the news, Stephen. Don't worry. You don't there have to go. lift a finger or change your click, uh, change <laughs> the TV channel or anything. We got you. Um, well, at least I do. I don't know where John stands with hockey and basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty but... lost with hockey. But okay. Basketball, I can hold my own, but yeah, okay. you have to handle that. Hey, Cade Cunningham, that's all you need to know <laughs> right, for basketball, for the Pistons. Let's get into football recruiting first. We'll hit the uh, basketball stuff later on after the break, but uh, let, let's let's talk about uh, the Wolverines' latest addition to the 22 class. Still picking up more commitments here. It's been a busy month or so for the Wolverines, and they picked up yet another defensive player uh, uh, today, as we're recording this on Monday, uh, got it from three-star linebacker Micah Pollard. He is listed at 6'3", 200 pounds, and is from Jacksonville, Florida. He is currently number 550 overall on the composite, but is another kid who was unranked when Michigan first offered him, uh, which was way back at the beginning of the year in January. George Hilo being the primary recruiter in this one for the Wolverines, uh, mainly thanks to his ties to the Jacksonville area. He was recruiting him even when he was the safeties coach when they brought him in and flipped him over to 
the linebackers coach, and obviously that assisted Michigan big time in this recruitment. Um, Pollard officially visited Michigan that first weekend in June and then went on a couple other officials to Auburn and Indiana, also had an unofficial visit to UCF and decided to lock everything in today with uh, the maize and blue. So he is now the 16th member of Michigan's 2022 class. And I guess you could really say the second type of edge rushing linebacker in this class joining Cavante Henry. Uh, We'll see where Eugenio ends up. So it could be three, but I, I think he's more set for just a strict edge defensive end kind of position there. So Continuing to build the defensive uh, class here for the maize and blue. So John, I'll turn it over to you um, because for a while it looked like Auburn had kind of overtaken this recruitment. He had a solid official visit there after a good visit to Michigan also had that Indiana visit, but really seemed like Auburn was the main competition here uh, throughout this recruitment after that visit as well. But there were a lot of factors in Michigan's favor in this one, including the bond with Hilo and uh, just several other things as well. So I, I wanted to ask you what you thought it was that put Michigan over the top at the end of the day, because it could have been uh, one of a handful of things. So what did you think it was in your opinion? Yeah, well, for one, I think it's the the constant uh recruitment from George Hilo. I think he was Pollard was one of the guys that he immediately identified. I think he was recruiting him even when he was at Maryland. So uh, I think he's been Pollard's been on Hilo's radar for a while. And I think that persistence really paid off, but um, you know, there's also the, the family ties, Um, you know, his uncle is Braylon Edwards, uh, you know, who I think despite a lot of the contention in the media about Braylon Edwards in Michigan, I still think loves the school. And then, you know, his dad played with Jim Harbaugh while he was a tight end for the Colts. So I think those uh, connections from the relationships really helped um, Michigan here in the long run, uh, winning over over Auburn, making him feel comfortable going up north and uh, playing, you know, out of his uh, area a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to mention the the Edwards um, connection there, but I figured you'd bring that up. I, I think that did play a role in that as well. And obviously with Hilo, I'm pretty sure you're right that he was recruiting him when he was with Maryland as well. So I mean, he's been on Hilo's radar, like you said, for a while. And it really just seemed like everything kind of came together once Hilo switched over to the linebackers coaching spot uh, to kind of just put a bow on this recruitment. Obviously Auburn put up a good fight there. It looked like, he was going to go to Auburn there for a second. There were a few crystal balls in their favor, but the tide turned and Michigan swooped in at the last second to get all those crystal balls and, and uh, kind of just seal this recruitment up here. So Steven want to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when you watch film on Micah Pollard, because again, I kind of mentioned he's like this edge outside linebacker type prospect here. What stands out to you the most, um, both positively and negatively? And uh, how do you compare him, if at all, to a guy like Cavante Henry, who they already have committed in this class? Yeah, it's interesting. His scouting thing that stands out to me is a great frame. He's going to be able to put on weight extremely well. So I don't have any concerns about him. You know, I kind of see him in limbo right now being six, three and 200 pounds. He's obviously going to have to grow and he has a linebacker skill set kind of in a uh, jumbo safety body right now. So uh, with that frame, 
Um, I don't think there's any issues on him actually realizing that, uh, that 240 pound frame that you, that you want a linebacker of his height to be around. So, uh, that stands out and, and I'm enthused about that. I think his closing speed is there. Uh, thing that I think really pops on the film, kind of the eyebrow raisers, his ability to change direction at speed. So there's not a whole lot of lost speed in his movements. He's able to adjust on the fly, um, mid blitz or, or rushing around the edge. If, if there's an option play, he's able to redirect extremely quickly and not a whole lot of speed loss there. So um, I think that's his, his biggest asset. I don't think he's going to be a, a four or five guy. I think he could be in the four sixes. So um, to me, he, he seems like a guy that you want rushing the quarterback as much as possible. So that might be a, a true edge rusher. Um, I didn't get as good of a sense um, on his, his bend around the corner from his film. Uh, I think I really like, uh, like him kind of as a Sam position as of now. Um, but we'll see, Uh, I I want him rushing quarterback, like I said, as much as possible His agility, um, at his top speed is excellent. And that's, uh, that's something that I think you'll take, um, as a, if you're Michigan, you'll take that skill set and figure out what he grows into. So it's just a matter of how much weight he puts on and how his uh, speed and agility adjusts at, you know, 240 compared to 200 pounds as of now. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think you nailed it right there. And it, it's just interesting seeing, you know, with, with this new look defense that Mike McDonald is bringing in Michigan, obviously looking to rebuild it and a, a major emphasis in this recruiting class has been uh, a players like Micah Pollard, Cavante Henry. They're going after a guy like a three-star Joshua Josephs, who's a big time target for them as well. All these types of players that are around that six, three, six, four, and then 200 to 220 ish pounds, um, you know, these types of guys, incredibly important. It seems like to a defensive style, like what Mike McDonald is bringing in. So uh, Steven, I wanted to ask you that too, is just how important you think guys like that are going to be uh, with this new scheme moving forward in this new defense and realistically how many they would probably want to take in this class because they're, they're eyeballing a couple more guys. They've already got two on board with Henry and now with Pollard. Joseph's obviously being another top target there. I just want to get your thoughts on all of that as well, Stephen. Yeah. I mean, you think of how valuable a guy like Judon, right? Matthew Judon of, uh, of the Ravens, how valuable he is to that team. And I mean, I feel like we've talked a good deal about how, defenses are changing to be more, uh, positional variability, I guess, have that sort of look where the offense is looking at this defense. It's like how many defensive linemen are out here, how many linebackers are out here. So in a, in a three, four, and you have multiple looks that Michigan's going to have out of that. I mean, I, I could see Michigan taking as many as four or five of those type of bodies, because if they can grow into an edge rusher, um, you know, you'll, you'll need, at least one more likely two of those shaped guys on the field at all times. Um, and then if they g- are able to grow into uh, a more hand in the dirt type of guy, their strong side defensive end is there. And if they don't grow at all, then you have, um, you know, your, your linebacker positions. So honestly, it's, it's kind of the, the position I think you need to get the most of those shaped bodies <laughs> because whichever way they grow or whichever way they develop, there's going to be a spot for them. And it's going to give you more, uh, 
more comfortability in the multiple looks that you're able to have. And, and you'll be able to confuse offenses with a bunch of guys who can serve multiple roles, either as a defensive end, true edge or a linebacker. So all of these guys, six, three, six, four, they'll probably float around two thirty, two forty, Um, and that just makes it kind of a nightmare for offenses to figure out what role that player is going to play on any given snap because Michigan could change that um, from, from first to second to third down very comfortably without having to make subs on the field. So uh, it's a valuable thing to have guys like that. And it's, I think this is a true testament to Michigan being confident in their ability to develop guys regardless of how they grow. So it's more about getting those bodies in and, um, and valuing athleticism and probably some intangibles as well. Um, just kind of sell that vision for them, that, that it's a spot where they can grow into whatever position their bodies will, will have them grow into. And Michigan will, will have the, the schematics in place to take advantage of that. Yeah. It kind of makes missing out on a guy like Joshua Burnham, a, a tougher pill to swallow. Cause he would have been really, uh, just the frame and everything at six four two twenty five in state near top one hundred kid being that kind of player uh, w- would have been really nice in uh, Michigan's new defense, but he's committed to Notre Dame. Committed to Notre Dame back in March, I think. Um, been a long time for him, but yeah, it's going to be an important position moving forward. There's no question about it. Um, John wanted to get your last word on this too. Um, just with all of that said and uh, bottom line though, I mean, Michigan cashed in on this position and ha- have really cashed in on the position so far with the two commits that they already have. And uh, you know, with them recruiting Pollard for a, about half a year now, Henry didn't really take a whole lot of convincing for him to join the class, but being able to get two guys and it's mid mid July, just about, they got a lot more time to really hone in on some of these final targets they have Uh you know, I, I can, like Steven said, I could see them taking several more guys here, but want want to give you the final word, John, on uh, this and we'll move on. Yeah. I think Michigan feels pretty confident in the class they've got at this position. Um, you know, they had someone like Anto Saka, who's another pure edge guy uh, slated to take an official, but then they canceled it because I think they liked where they stood with their other targets. Um, you know, Joseph Adgar just committed a TCU. And I think they were okay with that because he seemed a little bit farther down their board. But right now, I think it just kind of turned all their energy and focus on the Joshua, Joshua Josephs, uh, you know, try to fight off, you know, Tennessee, UNC for him and land him. And then, you know, the guy we'll talk about in a second, Deuce Spurlock or Lander Barton even, you know, I think are more linebackers right now. But like yeah. Stephen was talking about, you know, you just take guys with these body types and see where they develop. And then you can put them at the position that fits that best. So I could certainly see those two growing into more edge rushers down the line too, but we'll just have to wait and see. Well, that's a perfect transition, John. You mentioned him, Deuce Spurlock. We're going to talk about him next. So let's, let's just move right on to him. And if you haven't heard of him before now, uh, I, I can't really blame you because he's kind of been one of those under the radar guys that Michigan offered last month. Uh, he's a three-star athlete. He's f- from the state of Alabama, which uh, definitely has um, a, a, just a plethora of good football talent, but he's not even in the top a thousand overall in his class. So a very interesting prospect here. He's six 200 pounds. 
he got his offer from Michigan. He came all the way from Alabama to camp in Ann Arbor. And that's when he got that offer from George Hilo. Um, it was actually Courtney Morgan, though, who brought Spurlock's name up to the Michigan coaching staff. Um, he was on Morgan's radar when he was still over at Fresno State. So very interesting connection here. It, really, his only other notable offers are from Boston College, Mississippi State. He's got one from Washington State and he's got one from Pitt. Those are really the only ones uh, power five, at least he's got a ton of smaller school offers, but those are really the big ones that popped out to me. So you're probably wondering what it is about this guy that really intrigued the Wolverine coaching staff to give him a scholarship offer in the first place. And he's a versatile player. Uh, he plays offense. He plays defense. He even is a, kind of a star on special teams. He blocked two punts on special teams for his high school this past season, had 89 total tackles, seven f- tackles for loss, three sacks, two picks and five pass breakups and uh, had six touchdowns uh, receiving had 17 receptions, 493 yards on offense. So a certain, certainly an interesting prospect here, but they're going after him uh, at the linebacker position. So John, I'll just go right back to you, man. Um, Michigan has offered, it seems like a ton more kids than normal on the camping circuit this summer. And a lot of that probably has to do with the pandemic. They didn't get a lot of in-person evaluations, if any, this past season, but guys like Jaden Denigal, Alessandro Lorenzetti, Aaron Alexander, all of those players have committed to Michigan after good workouts in front of the coaching staff. Um, so by all accounts, John, it sounds like Spurlock may be the next to follow suit here. It sounds like he may want to wrap up his recruitment pretty soon. And there were some rumors that he may have committed just on the spot at, after his workout, after getting that uh, scholarship from Michigan, but he didn't end up doing that obviously, but he very well could be next in line here to uh, commit to Michigan after a good workout. Yeah. Michigan seems pretty determined to get a kid from Alabama this cycle and uh, Spurlock could definitely see it. I think it makes sense that they're offering a lot of these kids um, after in-person evaluations because, you know, the coaches haven't had a chance to see these guys, uh, you know, for over a year. So, you know, they're getting them up on campus and seeing what they can do in person and you know it's gone the other way too with guys like justice finkley and hayden schwartz you know the staff kind of cooled on them after they uh saw them got measurements saw them work out in person too so i think they're just trying to you know confirm what they see on tape um you know what intel they get from coaches and things like that uh before they you know make an offer committable or you know really try to bring guys into class so uh, I think it's just very, the whole board's very fluid right now. And, you know, I think Spurlock performed really well in front of them and kind of confirmed their thoughts on him. So they're ready to go all in and it looks like he wants to be part of the class. So it'll probably happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, it certainly does. And I mean, I can't blame him. obviously not only just because spots are filling up, but if you look at his offer list, Michigan is clearly far and away the best offer that he has and if he already has that bond with Hilo and some of the other coaches, uh, including Courtney Morgan, then it, it seems like Michigan certainly uh, could very well be at the top, especially with all these crystal balls coming in. And it really sounds like it, a commitment could be in the pretty near future here. Steven, uh, just with him in general, um, you know, it seems like he could very well be 
one of those top target guys at the Mike linebacker spot, just because of the lack of guys that they're really going after. It seems like they're going after a lot of these outside linebacker edge rushing guys, but obviously John brought up Lander Barton. Uh, He is a, a top target for sure at the linebacker spot. Sebastian Cheeks is a guy that we haven't really heard a ton of, but is a four-star prospect who visited uh, this past month. And uh, obviously a guy that they've been going after for a long time. So clearly they're looking for more guys at this spot. They've already got Alexander committed. uh, But regardless of all of the other guys, what do you see on film from him that uh, may have the coaches really interested in getting him to Ann Arbor uh, with this commitment uh, potentially here. Yeah. I think the thing that's kind of that you see a lot of for a lot of these kind of tweener guys between positions is they're really good at rushing the quarterback. And that's the thing they do over and over again. I was most impressed with uh, Deuce Spurlock's name, which is phenomenal, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but uh, he's, he's definitely a guy who's comfortable uh, in coverage. So you mentioned he had six or seven touchdowns on offense, impressive ball skills. Overall, he, he seems like a, uh, tight end focused kind of guy. And that translates to the defensive side as well. So when he's on offense, he's able to, uh, really flash his hands away from his body, high point the ball. And on defense, he has a couple picks in his film as well, uh, displaying that ability. So, uh, seems like he's a plus athlete in coverage, comfortable uh, operating in space like that as well. Um, you know, being undersized, he kind of operated as a safety early on. So now that he's bulking up, uh, he's going to be able to take those skills, that comfortability uh, kind of as a, a quasi safety type of guy and um, use that to his advantage uh, as a linebacker. So he is more of like a true linebacker than some of the other names that are you know, trying to figure out where they'll end up. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's definitely really physical, lots of technique you got to improve upon. And that's something to be expected with a guy outside the top 1000. So, uh, but really physical. I mean, he, he brings the heat, he blows up a ton of guys on film. It's really fun to watch, but doesn't need to wrap up better. Usually he's just like absolutely demolishing them and kind of shoving them, uh, over, but, uh, uh, at the next level, obviously he'll, he'll have time to clean that up. So, uh, another guy with a great frame to work with. And um, I think two thirty or so he can easily get there. So, um, so yeah, he, he I, I like him because he seems more of a traditional linebacker and you don't see that level of comfortability uh, receiving the ball or in coverage uh, that much of the linebacker position on high school film. And, and you definitely see that with Spurlock. Yeah, I think the athleticism is certainly there. It looks like he's got the speed to boot as well. And yeah, you mentioned the coverage skills. I was pretty impressed by that as well. But he just, he does not give a damn uh, who has the ball. He's just going in hot. Uh, you That's one of the things that stuck out to me right off the bat was he just, he flies in, man. Uh, he, he has no regard for human life. He was just blowing play after play up. And you certainly need that out of your linebackers and Michigan has had several of those in recent memory that you just, you see fly up and down the field. And he certainly could be that type of player, but yeah, the technique for sure needs to get cleaned up. And I would imagine that they would be able to work on that. Uh, and if they're you know, willing to give him that scholarship, I think that they're confident enough that they would be able to work with him on all of that. So we'll be a guy to watch moving forward. That's for sure. Like I said, I mean, I I'm, <laughs> kind of talking as if he's already committed. It seems like he kind of is, but he's not. I assure you, he's not committed yet. 
but uh, could very well be on that way there. John, I'll give you the final word on uh, Deuce Spurlock, who is uh, Stephen's favorite name of the recruits in this class. And uh, we'll move on to some hoops. Uh, Yeah, not much else to say. I like how he hits too. He hits like a a strong safety in the box there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm, I like that. um, This guy seems a little more linebacker. Uh, like since, you know, there's only really one true linebacker in Aaron Alexander in the class right now. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see how he, uh, performs his senior year. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to do a, a cool recruit name bracket, Steven. I, we, we got Deuce Spurlock. Uh, I mean, we've, there are a ton of other ones out there, but, uh, if, if you're willing to do a tournament with us, um, and maybe make it a video on the YouTube channel. How, how, how does that sound? Yeah, I think there is. Someone does puts together a bracket every year, I think. And do they uh, really, yeah, I'm pretty sure that exists. <laughs> oh, so, man. uh, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely do a video on that, but he's got it. Like <laughs> if it's a 64, 64 person bracket, I feel like he'd probably be maybe a, a two seed or a three seed. I feel like there's some crazy ones out there every year, yeah. but do Spurlock. That's, that's worth at least a three seed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's a pretty good, good name for sure. That would be a high seed. I, I would vote for him for the first couple rounds and, you know, we'll see once we get to the sweet 16, but you know what, we'll, we'll, <laughs> when we start running out of content in the summer, if uh, there's no commitments or anything, we'll have to start that up. Um, but uh, <laughs> good thing we've got stuff to talk about until then, including our latest sponsor here on maize and brew podcast. And that is home field apparel. And they are a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest in Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the cool thing about home field is the team over there. They study every school's history, traditions, legacies. And with all of that comes these creative and thoughtful designs that tell you the unique story of each university. And they've got some really cool original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. If you're looking for t-shirts, crew necks, whatever it is, they've got it. So if you want some of that vintage apparel, we're going to give you this 20% off promo code. And that is MNB. Use that at checkout and you will get your entire first order. That's not just one item. You can get 15 items. If you want, use that MNB promo code. You'll get 20% off that whole purchase. So head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are going to flip from the gridiron. Talk about the hardwood here a little bit. Talk some Michigan hoops recruiting. And Juwan Howard and the Wolverines continue to have just one commit in this 2022 class, and that's four-star point guard Doug McDaniel. But, uh, you know, th- that position is taken care of. Point guard, it was one of those positions last cycle that they – it took a little while for them to get. But the the position to watch moving forward here – in this class is the center position, and uh, there are certainly some interesting prospects to watch here. Donovan Klingen, unfortunately, he was a major target, but he committed to UConn about a week and a half ago, so he is now off the board. Obviously, the major players here, uh, the five stars, the the cream of the crop, Derek Lively the second, and Jalen Duran. Those are the guys that everybody wants, including the G League. But uh, each of those guys kind of seem like a pipe dream at this point. So over the weekend, Juwan Howard, with his uh, in-person evaluations 
offered four-star big man Ernest Uday Jr. And uh, he was down in Alabama at the Adidas 3 SSB uh, competition there. So he offered him after that in-person evaluation. He also received offers from Baylor and UCLA as well. So uh, some pretty good offers rolling in for him. Already had a few really good offers from Alabama, Florida, uh, Illinois, and Indiana, being a couple other Big Ten schools there, Kansas, uh, Tennessee. So he, he just had uh, some pretty good offers already, continues to get those offers, and we'll see where this recruitment goes now. But he is listed at 6'10", 230 pounds. He is from Orlando, Florida, the number 10 center and the number 58 overall player on the composite in this class. 24-7, they have him in their personal rankings as a five-star and the number 22 overall player in the class. So certainly a good prospect here. Uh, John, I'll I'll turn it over to you. I spoke with him uh, and his AAU coach over the weekend. And uh, Uday Jr. had told me that uh, he hasn't really thought about which schools are at the top yet for him, which I really can't blame him because he's got a ton of really good schools going after him. Um, He said that he plans on doing that sometime in the fall, but he had very good things to say about Jawan said he's a super relatable guy, very easy to talk to, all that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, John, Michigan could probably be in a real good spot if they push enough for him. Uh, And at this point, with the position being as open as it is for the Wolverines, it kind of seems like they're taking their time, taking a slower approach to the center position. I think it's a good thing to do because all of their options are really high-level guys. Um, So what do you think about him as a prospect and what do you think about just the center position for Michigan uh, moving forward here? Yeah. Well, I think big men across the country should be clamoring to play for Juwan Howard, given his track record of development at the position. So I think they're going to get a quality player. Uh, I'm not sure who it will be yet, but they're going to get a good center. And I, I like, um, I like Uday a lot. I've, it's I think it's promising that he's blowing up, you know, recently. I think that shows that he has a lot of uh, untapped potential still and could, uh, you know, climb even higher in the rankings uh, if everything goes well. Um, so I think it's still kind of early in, you know, his relationship with Michigan. So I think it's going to take some time to see where Michigan stands there. But I think it also, you know, gives them a shot to – give a good impression and uh, really move up his list once he learns more about the program um, and then potentially takes a visit when he's, you know, ready to sit down and evaluate all his options, which I'm sure he, you know, once this flood of offers stops coming through, he can finally, you know, stop and figure out uh, the schools that he really wants to focus on. Yeah. I I think this could be a, uh, a a beautiful relationship just beginning to bloom here. Honestly, just given that, it seems like he's really taking his time with his recruitment. He's focusing on what is best for him and what is best for his future. And Michigan obviously taking a slow approach at the center position as well, uh, given that, uh, you know, they're uh, like I said, the two five stars that they're going after kind of seem like a pipe dream at this point and Klingon coming off the board. So at this point, I mean, they can do a full reevaluation of things and see what's best for them, uh, which I think it's a good approach by the school and by the kid. So we'll certainly see what happens here. But Stephen, I'll turn it back over to you. Um, His AAU coach, uh, when I was speaking with him, 
I had uh, mentioned some pretty glowing things about Uday Jr. Said that he's a 4.0 student and that Michigan is appealing to him not only because of those high level of athletics that they're known for, um, you know, basketball, football, but also because of the academics with him being a 4.0 GPA student. And Jawan had told him that Uday is one of the most well-spoken kids that he's talked to as far as how engaged he was in conversation and the questions that he was asking and uh, had mentioned that he could have an impact his freshman season if he comes to Michigan because of where his body is already at in his development with him being at 6'10", 230. So I, it, to me, it seems like they really like this kid. I know that they just had their first in-person evaluation of him, but I, the, I don't know. The words that were used uh, – Speaking with uh, not only just his AAU coach, but also Uday himself, it really seems like, you know, it's going to take some time to really develop everything. But I think this could end up being uh, one that Michigan, like I said earlier, if they push hard enough, could be in a really good spot for him later down the road. Yeah, as you talk, it just seems like there's there's the more that you talk it's, it just lines up in Michigan's favor. Seems like there's a good relationship between the recruit and Juwan Howard uh, and the AAU coach. Seems like a lot resonates there. You look at his other offers, UCLA, you have the Stanford offer, uh, lots of high academics there as well. Um, so high academic, high uh, character guy. Obviously, Michigan resonates quite well uh, with guys of that profile. Um, and then you look at his game. You know, 6'10", you mentioned he's got a frame to put on more muscle, even at that size. Uh, there, there's a lot of things, I think, uh, from a technical standpoint that you can improve on technique-wise. But, um, you know, you, you look at any program right now and say, okay, who can develop a true center into uh, his full potential? And you just look at the, the Big Ten freshman of the year in Hunter Dickinson, and that's a pretty easy pitch if I'm Michigan, right? Yep. So, um, and if your coach is head or, or if your head coach is uh, Jawan Howard, I mean, come on. So, so as you say those things, it just lines up in Michigan's favor, and it, it's hard to see a better fit overall. A lot of those things, um, if you're a recruit, you, you, you tick the boxes, and Michigan's uh, going to have most of those boxes checked. So, uh, so, you know, I, I think what stands out on his film, he, he looks pretty smooth for his size. Uh, I do like his patience on offense, receiving the ball in the paint. He allows defenders to commit to either going for the block or um, he understands timing uh, when to go for the dunk. I mean, he's, it's tough for a lot of these guys to be there technically uh, when they're, drastically towering over most players they'll go against. Right. So that's something to be uh, expected from him. But um, I think his, his athleticism and fluidity overall uh, just gives him an overall package that uh, that's what you want your clay made of. If you're Joan Howard, he's looking at, at, at Uday here and he's like, the man, this is a guy who I can really shape and, uh, and just vibes really well with what Michigan. Has. Yeah. Um, you kind of, kind of nailed it right on the head there. I mean, it, uh, I left you speechless Vaughn. that I, you can, you can say it, man. I just I, I nailed it, right? <laughs> nailed it, nailed it, man. I mean, it just, uh, and there was honestly, yeah. I mean, you, you honestly did nail it uh, <laughs> despite, uh, the, the little Mike situation there, but one other thing that, uh, stuck out to me, when uh, when I was speaking with him 
was uh, the fact that I asked him, you know, well, what is it about Michigan other than Juwan that appeals to you right now? And he said that the program has a good reputation. It's well put together and they have nine national championships. That's not easy to do. And I was just like, man, like that, <laughs> that's just something that uh, I, I wouldn't have expected a recruit to know the amount of national championships that the program has. And obviously he was right in the evaluation that it is a school with a good reputation. The program's well put together. I mean, they've had a lot going for him since Jawan came back. So uh, clearly, they're recruiting at a high level and they're going for high academic and athleticism uh, in this class, it seems like. And Ernest Uday Jr. very well could be uh, one of those next guys that they get uh, committed to the program that falls into that category. So, uh, John, final word, I'll, I'll give it to you. Anything else that sticks out to you uh, in this recruitment? Uh, I know it's early, but I uh, just wanted to throw it back to you once more before we wrap up here. Uh, no, I just want to talk a little bit about the board with Terrace Reed and like Johan Traore, I think are also pretty good candidates to, to join the the fold. I, I think it would be nice if Michigan pulled Reed for away from Ohio state, who was a presumed favorite before, but either yeah. way, I think it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got a ton of guys at this position that they're still continuing to recruit. Obviously, uh, uh, Terrace Reed, he uh, I want to say he took an official visit just a few weeks ago and he's a top 100 kid. Uh, like you said, has interest in uh, <laughs> really both rivals here, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State. And he's pretty much the same same frame as uh, as Uday's 6'10", 230. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the center position in general, they're, they're going after several of these guys. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, obviously being another guy, he's a top 50 player that they offered recently at 6'11", 230. So just tons of bodies at this, uh, at this center position in this class. It's really the position to watch moving forward with point guard already said and done. And you can kind of just throw jet Howard into the mix uh, as a commit, as well as a, uh, a shooting guard, small forward type of player. So guys, I appreciate it as always. And thank you for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at buddy? At Simmons underscore John. Steven, where are you at? At Steven Toski. You can also follow Maze and Brew on pretty much everything. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go uh, enjoy all of Steven's YouTube content as well on the Maze and Brew YouTube channel. Pushing out content left and right. Always good stuff. And be sure to rate, subscribe um, to all of our podcasts here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We would greatly appreciate it. Give us those five stars. That would be awesome um, and much appreciated as always. So for John and for Steven, I am Vaughn. We'll come back to you guys next week with another edition of Future Brew. Thanks for listening and go blue.